0: Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Stephen from the Seated App. Stephen, it's really nice to have you on.
1: Thanks, Brad.
0: Excited to be here. Absolutely. I'm really excited for today's discussion. So Stephen, to kick us off, if you could tell me a bit about yourself, your role, who you are, and your company and what you guys are doing, that'd be awesome.
1: For sure. So a little bit about me, I started my career in finance, actually, and I absolutely hated it. It was not the place for me. I had this affinity for restaurants. I found myself reading Eater way more than the Wall Street Journal. And so I took it upon myself, took a class at NYU about how to open restaurants and the finance side of restaurants and things like that had a whole business plan then i said screw this want to work at a startup had networked my way to an interview with a company called meal pal and i'll never forget being an in interview with the ceo there and i basically told her to throw out my resume because it wasn't going to be applicable and uh charmed my way i think into a position and from there i launched markets with them both internationally and nationally it was a great learning experience and then when it was time to move on i ended up at seated which is where i'm at now I currently lead our sales team, but I've worn tons of hats, jumped in the weeds. I joined well before our series A, joined actually well earlier than I thought it was. It's been great. I absolutely love it here. What Seated is, is we are a rewards platform for dining out. So we help consumers discover great restaurants, and then they're rewarded for dining at these restaurants. And then for restaurants, which is what my team does, we help them fill their empty tables with a customer that wouldn't have otherwise come in. So thereby improving their profit margins and getting net new revenue. That's awesome. I love it.
0: So I imagine from a sales perspective, you're going after restaurants. Is that correct,
1: I Oh yeah. Restaurants is our whole thing. So all day my team is talking to restaurants.
0: So I think a lot of folks are thinking about their strategy. They're thinking about what worked last year, where are we at today? What's the game plan and strategy for this year? Um how are you guys identifying opportunities driving
1: conversations driving pipeline all that stuff Yeah so restaurant industry it's been tough covid really turned the industry on its head turned our business on its head we had to really adjust and adapt to the new marketplace and for our sales team it presented a very difficult difficult challenge because we're talking to businesses that have been so disproportionately impacted by something that's out of everyone's control and then trying to sell them a product, which is a really tall, tall order. And dealing with restaurants, you've so many different personas and personalities. We had people crying on the phone with us, and it was, it was rough. It was really, really hard. But within the last year, we've hit our stride again, and we had a really strong year on the restaurant side. And I, I think what lent itself to having a great year was we changed the way that we did things throughout the pandemic. And what we did was we put a consultative approach to a transactional sale. And what I mean by that is our sales cycle is only four days on average. Obviously, there are outliers for bigger groups and stuff like that, but it's short. We can OCC someone in 15, 20 minutes. But in that 20 minutes, we're asking them really great questions about their business. Like we're having a mini discovery in there, seeing if it's a fit. Through my experience on like our account management team, I I saw through a lens of what a turn and burn organization could look like and dealing with those calls and upset customers. But nothing that we did wrong. It just so happened. it just happens in business. I wanted to make the approach on sales so strong that that happened less. And also, given the climate that restaurants were dealing with, I didn't want to bully anyone to be a part of our platform. Like I joined Seated and Mealpal, and I'm in this because I love restaurants. So I'm not here to just burn people and trick them into signing up. I want them to know it's good for their business. And if it's not, I'm, my team knows to walk away from the sale, or if there isn't a sale there, to walk away from the call. I should say. So that's what we changed. And that's what we leaned into within the last year is really identifying those problems and then DQing them if they don't have one, or if they won't tell us if they have one. Yeah. And our close rate skyrocketed from that. It's around 60% or higher, depending on the month. Our hold rate is really great. So it's worked really, really well. I think it's a pretty unique thing. And then the other big change that we made was I've seen a lot of other companies' decks, either from consulting capacity or people have shown them to me, whatever, and a lot of them, especially earlier stage companies, not and not just in the restaurant space, but their decks are about them. And even our early ones were about us. At the end of the day, especially SMBs don't care who your biggest investor is. They don't care who your leadership team is, and they don't care how much money you've raised. What they care about is what's relevant to them and their problems. And so for our first like three, four slides in our deck, we don't even talk about seated. Obviously, they know they're on the call with us, and they know at a high level what we do. But we don't mention, we don't mention any details about what it is that Seated does, its impact. I want to learn about Brad's Taco Shop as much as I can to see if there's even something for us to discuss. And if you have a problem that we can fill, then in this case, it's filling empty seats. So if you don't, then let's save us both the time and, and get off the call. <laughs> so that's, the, that's kind of the plans
0: that we've taken. Yeah, I love that. So when it comes to generating these conversations, doing the initial prospecting and creating a lead per se, how do you do that? Is it a lot of just like on the phone stuff or are you using
1: some other channels? What does it look like? I, I wish we had more channels, honestly, uh, <laughs> but we are 99% outbound. And the funny thing about outbound is, and every time I say this to my team, they're was a little bit shocked, but nobody wants to talk to you nobody. You're calling people who don't want to talk to you actively and trying to convince them to buy your product, which when you think about it in those terms, it's like, this is an insane task. Um, and would see that it presents itself another challenge because we're a marketplace. So we only have four markets right now. So we're constrained by geography. We don't have like an unlimited TAM like other companies do or SAM, whatever. So we really need to make sure that every conversation that we have counts, and we walk this tightrope of—I'll call it tactful aggressiveness. We're not afraid to call someone's cell phone, but we're not going to bully them either. I want to lead every—I want them, the prospects—to make the decisions on their own based on what we're offering. So we'll drop in, we'll call people, we'll do emails, whatever means we can to try and generate the lead and get that interest. But for us, most of a, most of it is. Um, cold calling and cold calling outbound. And I can talk more about our strategy and where we found success there. Yeah, I'd
0: love to know. Some folks have said, hey, this has been really successful. Others are like, oh man, we can't quite crack the code here. So what does that look like for you guys?
1: Yeah, cold calling is such a hot topic that I see debated frequently on LinkedIn or whenever I'm talking with other sales leaders. And for the record, cold calling is not dead. It's just changed. The maximum that my team lives by is just being real with people. So we don't use, I try and steer them away from any of those cliches. I, give me 27 seconds and I'll tell you, all, blah, blah, blah. And like, screw that. Like pick up lines or something. Yeah. The only one that's a little bit corny that worked for us for a while was, What did I catch you in the middle of when we call? And usually gets a little chuckle. And tours are trained to say no. It was getting ahead of the objection, right? But other than that we're just pretty honest and upfront on these calls and looking if there's a good fit like we'll try and get a couple questions in there saying straight out the gate before even schedule a meeting i don't want to waste your time or mine can ask you two or three questions about your business like just those simple things make such a difference to make it sound real and knowing who you're calling i can't tell you how many calls i get as a sales leader no shade to anyone who's called me in the last couple of months, but who think we're a SaaS company. And I don't know how you'd find that out online. So I'm not blaming them, but we're not SaaS. We have no sales model. So it's irrelevant to me. You're, I'm sorry, but I cannot use your service. So for us, I don't want us to be in that position when we're calling restaurants and saying something doesn't that doesn't apply. So be personalized, be relevant, and be real has worked a ton for us. And we have a script. We have to change it like every 12 weeks because I don't know what happens if all the restaurateurs call each other and we say we're just not going to respond to this anymore. But <laughs> but we got to change it every couple months to just kind of stay dynamic. That's interesting. So you just see like the
0: conversion rates go down like after a few months and you have to rework the script. That's so interesting.
1: Yeah, it's really bizarre, but I don't want to say I don't mind it because it's, it, it's a lot of work to try and figure out something more creative, but it keeps us on the toes and keeps us relevant. I change it. No big deal. I love it. How do you know who to call? And are you having any
0: trouble with connect rates? I know like some have said, no, oh, we call a hundred people, we only get one person
1: to answer type of thing. Yeah. So our solve for that has been honestly cell phones and being as scrappy as we can to call cell phones, try and find the highest number that we can. But restaurants are open. They're businesses. So we call them. Oh, is this like the main number? Yeah. Like, hey, is Joey the owner there type of thing? Oh yeah, 100%. Love it. Yeah, that's our connect rates are not awesome. But my whole goal is to make my team more efficient. And they're really good about it. I have the best team in the world. And they'll try their best to figure out who they're calling before they call. So asking for Joey rather than asking for the owner is a tremendous win. Mm. Feels
0: more personalized. Like you might know Joey instead of like, hey, this is a salesman calling for the owner.
1: Right, exactly. And even if sometimes they know we're sales. And it's just like we call them six times. You're speaking to the same host or same bartender. And it's like, dude, can you just give me a break? Who do I have to email? And people, and even that, like the drop tone and the and the disarmingness of that, people will respond. That aggr- I think that aggressive, old school, like intense misinterpretation of the challenger, challenger sales, like dead at this point. People real response to real, and buyers don't owe us anything, especially in the restaurant space. While they, a lot of them might not have MBAs, they certainly have are very intelligent and especially emotionally intelligent. So we want we want to make sure they reply to that.
0: I love that. How much of a problem are hangups? Is that like a
1: a big thing or or not really? Once you get to, through the person, it used to be um, when we were selling a little bit differently, but less so now. I would say we don't get too many people who just straight up hang up on us. We we have our fair share, and sometimes we're having a bad day.
0: Yeah, what do you change to avoid that? You said you were, we
1: were selling a little differently. Like, what was the change there? Um, it's our approach. You just don't sound like you're full of BS. If it sounds conversational and cool and calm and collected, and you don't sound like you're from a call center somewhere just trying to get through the day, they reflect what you project. So if you're excited to get on that call, not overly, because then you sound like Billy Mays, but if you (laughs) (laughs) another sales leader, Kevin Dorsey, he always talks about feet up on the desk energy. Like you sound like that, you sound like the CEO, people respond well to that. And no matter and if you're well-versed in your product and what you're going to say, and it doesn't sound like canned responses, then, then it works really well. Like we can have a real conversation. Sure, you can yell at me all you want. That's fine. But I'm still, I'm not going to try and prove my, push my point across. I'm going to ask you questions. I'm like, I'm sorry, I called at the wrong time. Let me let me try you again another time. Hey, sounds like you're having a bad, a bad day. Or I said no cliches before. But one cliche we use here is shit, I have the worst, I have the worst luck with calling people today. I'm so sorry. Sounds like you're having a rough day. I'll try it again later. And like, that's just real. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't sound like you're reading from a script or something. Right. That's just an honest approach to something. And if we were calling CEOs, maybe it'd be a little bit different approach, but I don't care. Say shit on the phone with a restaurateur. Yeah. They'll probably respond a little bit more. So that's kind of our look there. I love it. And then once you get them
0: on the phone, you're talking to them, like, What's the objective is you want like one to
1: two minutes to qualify them and set up a later meeting or what does it look like? I want to find out if they have a problem that we can solve for their business. So we don't want to give the whole show. I've heard so many junior reps get into the problem of the restaurant starts asking them questions and they think it's a good thing. And it's not necessarily a good thing. They're just trying to get you to tell them the price without showing you the demo. So is this a fit? Be honest. I don't want to waste my time as a salesperson talking to you if you don't even have a, if you don't have a problem that I can solve. So can, is there something even to talk about here? And then from there, it leads very well into what we do on our demo. Because on our demo, we're trying to achieve three things. Can we get them to ID the problem? So get them to say it. Can we fix that problem as seated for them? And then what is their cost of doing nothing? And so if those things aren't achievable, then we have nothing to talk about. And it all starts with the cold call. Do the, does this restaurant have a problem that we can solve for them? The answer is yes, Then we should talk. When it comes to meeting setting, I, I'll have reps come to me and they're like, oh, none of my meetings are holding, none of my meetings are holding. And the one thing I'll say to them that always seems to resonate a bit is if I called any of the people that didn't show up and asked them what they were getting a meeting on a meeting for, would they be able to tell me? And if the answer is no to that question, why they didn't show up? Because you didn't do a good job giving them a reason to show up to the call. Like they just gave you kind of a half-assed yes. And they're like, yeah, yeah, call me tomorrow. Just to get you off the phone, yeah. Right, it's not important to them. So if they can answer that question with yes, I have at least a faint, oh, some guy called, some girl called and they want to fill our seats for us. That's all I want. (laughs) Yeah. But if they can't do that, that's what I call a cheap meeting. Mm. Maybe they show up, maybe they don't, but you can't live your life that way. Yeah. So focus on the better ones. I love that.
0: And then um, how do you actually go about setting that meeting up? Do you say, hey, I'll email you with some times or do you try to pick a time on the spot or what's the best way to get a schedule?
1: Uh, we pick a time on that meeting, try and send them a calendar invite. I tell my team to say that they live and die by their calendar, So it's like, oh, I don't know if you use your calendar but I'm gonna send you a meeting. Please hit accept if you're gonna be there. We tried things like getting them to accept while they're on the call and things like that but it doesn't really work. We use a tool called Calendly that sends reminders to the people. I think it helps a bit. I don't know how much it helps a whole ton, but a meeting setting, especially in a transactional world is a fun, frustrating game. Because if I try and push a meeting through too short of a time, then they're just going to give me some lip service and say, yeah, I can meet that time, but it's not actually true. And they're just going to blow me off. And if I go too far out, they've already forgotten what we do because this isn't a heavy lift product. I'm not selling some big enterprise software. So the spot for us, it's usually 24 to 48 hours. If you're talking to like a bigger group, you can get away with a little bit longer than that because they in offices and things like that. But the thing that I remind my team is like, we're not the main character. So maybe they didn't show up, maybe you did everything right and they didn't show up because the ice machine broke or whatever. So don't get frustrated at them. Just be human and reach back out. Um, but that's usually our best window is like 24, 48 hours. 24, 48 hours. And then are you meeting at like all sorts of weird
0: times because like they're busy, like making, making food and all that?
1: No, everyone wants to re- Everyone wants to meet between like one and four o'clock. That's like when they want to meet. So we got to plan our days out with some cold calling in the beginning of the day and then try and meet. But I was trying to give extra incentives for my team to do like morning meetings if they can, because it frees up your afternoon for you.
0: Well, uh, this has been great. Any advice you have for others out there? Any pivots you're making, things you're learning as you're doing this? You're like, oh, I definitely would consider this this year.
1: Yeah, for this year, I think... For anyone who's in sales, whether it's transactional or enterprise or mid-market or anything in between, I think it's mainly focused on your customers, what they're facing. All the things I've been saying, I think we're going to need to lean into that more because as businesses turn to austerity, you're really going to need to solve a problem. Otherwise, you're going to not stick out in the sea of everyone who's trying to sell them something. And if you're running a team like I am, where you're focused on metrics and things like that, it's going to get hard out there, so focus on quality as best as you can, so that way you can improve the days of your reps. Because I think you're going to see a lot of reps burn out from frustration, not getting anywhere, missing quota. So, as sales leaders, someone if sales leaders are listening to this, focus on the quality of those conversations as best as you can, and follow what your best reps are doing and learn from that. Um, so that way you can you can put that across your team um, and look at like things ratios of like talk time to meeting set and all that kind of stuff. Dive into the numbers because making something out of nothing is what we're all going to have to do in this year.
0: I love it. Well, Steven, it's been great to have you on. Thanks so much for all your wisdom and advice. <laughs> oh, it's been great. It's been great being on here and chatting with you. I love it.